I think be okay to pivot. I think when you're really early in business, there's a lot of things you can do, you could do, you should do. Um, and I think to create little sprints for yourself, be curious, explore those things. If they work, great at it. If they don't work, get rid of it. Hello, Fempreneurs. My name is Lindsay Berry. I am the host of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Sabrina. She is the founder or co-founder, I guess, of techfester.com. The story is an inspiring one, and I have some exciting news to share with you at the end of the episode as well, so be sure to stay tuned all the way to the end. Let's dive into the interview with Sabrina. Can you tell us more about what you're working on? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I currently am a partner at a short-term rental fund. We buy single family homes all over the country and we design, furnish, remodel all of them. And we uh, list them on Airbnb. So to date, we have raised a little under 22 million and we own 65 houses, um, 30, some, I think 33 or 34 are live on Airbnb. And then the others are currently underway in their transition process before we list. Wow. That is so cool. So when you say in the country, you are in the U S and I am in Canada. So where are these properties mostly like, are they kind of more condensed into one area or are they just spread all over the United States? So we're, so we're, yeah. So first of all, we're in the United States. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we are, I, I live in Scottsdale, so I'm in Arizona. We do own a couple here. Um, it's a great year long market, especially if you, you know, design and furnish your homes a certain way, the occupancy is pretty high. Um, we are in a lot of mountain markets as well. There's a market in the Poconos. It's in Pennsylvania. We're there as well. Um, we are in, uh, Georgia and Blue Ridge. We're also in a couple of Florida markets, um, on the East and on the West, uh, Panama city beach, Tampa, Clearwater. So we're, I think right now we're in a total of nine markets um, and they all kind of serve a different uh, purpose in our portfolio, but it's nice because on, you know, in the, in the seasons where like it's super hot in Arizona um, and someone might think that there would be a down, a downtime during that market, you have the Poconos, which does really well in the summer. So we have a really good balance across all of our homes. That is awesome. I have so many questions for you around like the business itself, but let's go back to, you know, you're fresh out of high school and what has your career path been? Like, I know you worked at Apple for a while. So tell us kind of what you've been up to since you, um, you graduated from school, from, you know, high school. Sure. So I, I've been all over the map. I definitely took an unconventional approach to everything in my life related to career. Um, High school, didn't have the greatest GPA. I've always been a person where um, I never considered myself to be super book smart until like later on in life. Now I like read a lot of things I enjoy. Um, I love Audible, I love podcasts. I love getting into like the nitty gritty of real estate and economics, but the 18 year old Sabrina was not like that at all. Um, I've always been very adventurous. I love, I've loved exploring things. I've, I've probably tried a lot of different things in my early twenties. Um, so I actually, ironically, it's funny how life kind of brings you full circle. I had my real estate license when I was 20 and I was, I was living in New York. So I'm born and raised East coast. I lived between New Jersey and New York pretty much my entire life until I was 22, 23. And I had my license there. It was a rough market. New York is really cutthroat. And, um, 
you know, it's super expensive market. There's, there's, you know, sales. And then there's also leasing people make money. there doing, doing both in some markets, like in Arizona, you don't really make money on leases. Um, but at the time I had my real estate license and then I decided to go into school a little bit later. So I started school when I was 23, um, here in Arizona, my parents moved here at the time, went to school for marketing. Um, I was in digital marketing. I thought that'd be like a nice segue for me kind of either getting into business or something else. And digital marketing is a great opportunity for you to start learning like HTML and like some basic code. So I remember someone got fired at a company that I was working for interning. And I picked up this job that taught me how to basic code and learn tech. And I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I think the money was something that um, I was interested in. I think if you're a if you're a millennial and you grew up in the uh, with parents who've experienced the 2008 crash, you're, I think money is very enticing, especially like during college and all that, paying for loans. Mm-hmm. So I went the tech route. I actually really enjoyed it. It was a very aggressive career path. And I, I liked that whole, that whole environment. It was really exhilarating, especially working for Apple. I worked on some really cool products. Um, and then towards the end of Apple, we had COVID. And I remember I was living in San Francisco. San Francisco was very lonely. I feel like if you lived in the U.S. and you, you know, all of the states were very compartmentalized. It was not all equal. And my parents were like, hey, Arizona, there's like not really COVID here. You should pack your bags and like spend a week. And a week turned into two years and uh, two years turned into my own business. Um, I ended up investing in, in some property on my own during that time, Airbnb, totally an accident. Um, and then here I am. That is so cool. That is so cool. I've, I've, I love the story. I love, um, you take, you know, you took something that you loved, which was real estate and you combined it with something that kind of fell into your lap, which was tech and the marketing side of things. And you marry the two and it sounds like you're having wild success. So when you decided to turn this into something that others could participate in as well, what was the first step to going out to the market? Was it kind of a friends and family first raise or how did you get into the investing side of things? So um, Apple, I was super fortunate to work for a company that was as big as it was. And there were a lot of internal subgroups for people at Apple. Like you could talk about being a dog mom, or you could invest in real estate as a group. So at the time there was an, a real estate investing group. It had around 4,000 internal people, which is, it's a lot, but Apple's also a huge company and that was worldwide. So anyone who was investing anywhere, um, especially during COVID, it was such a weird time to buy and everyone, it was like, you kind of trusted someone else that was in that market. So I was buying property here in Arizona and I was putting it in the chat and innocently kind of, you know, as a, as a first time buyer, me being in real estate, I I was kind of curious to, to see what other people were doing. And I found myself in this weird place where I ended up kind of positioning myself as this expert because not a lot of people were doing Airbnb and I had bought a few. And then I started helping people buy a few alongside me specifically in Arizona so it, it kind of, it was like an accident. It was, I, I, I actually got my real estate license at the same time because I genuinely loved real estate. And I was like, you know what? I might as well learn the textbook law of this as I continue to practice. So started helping people buying, furnishing, designing. Um, and then I think like after 10 or 12 of them, 
a lot of different LLCs and learning people like being in kind of almost like a client relationship with with these people i was like you know what i think i need to do this at a larger scale um my business partner very very similar background he worked at facebook he had an internal investment group he was doing the same thing and we just put our heads together we were like let's do this together we don't want to do this alone um real estate there's especially airbnb there's so many different pieces of it that can be overwhelming even though it's lucrative, it's really overwhelming. Um, and so we put our heads together and that's that's how we started our official official raise. Um, we went to friends and family. And I think the first month that we went to friends and family, we launched 8 million. Um, and and then, you know, and then I, I like to say the shit show began. <laughs> yeah. So when the shit show had begun, was that because you were like, oh my gosh, we have all this money and we need to invest it and start turning a profit or like what, where was the shit show kind of mainly starting from? Um, I think a a lot of different things. So I think with, first of all, where we were in the market, right? So the interest rates were really good at the time and all these mini markets were booming. Like you had, you saw Austin doing well, you saw Scottsdale doing well, you saw Tampa doing well. Um, you saw some random little markets, you know, near the Poca, like the Poconos is really well that, that actually that market boomed during COVID. So we saw all these little bursts of markets doing really well, but that was only our first part of the problem, right? It's like not only buying the right properties, but also how do you design them and how do they become profitable? And some of these markets are really saturated. Like I'm sure when you shop on Airbnb, you're, you are, you could at least rent, five or six or seven at the same time and there's always like one property that stands out that you generally generally gravitate to that you book and you you know you determine if the price is right and all that good stuff we had to find a science to that um at the same time of receiving money so um i think the first year was really it was tough in the sense of you know us feeling like we had to make the right decision and also doing that with an incredible amount of speed um, I'm very grateful that we've had a team to support us and um, that my business partner is just the same level of, of, of a crazy and committed as I am. So we just put our heads down and really honed in. But I think it was acquiring the properties and then finding the right people to really make them what they are to generate the revenue that's needed. So if you could go back, say, 10 years to, I think you're 29, to 19-year-old Sabrina, what would you tell her when it comes to business and just becoming the businesswoman that you are today? I, it's funny. I look back at my journey 10 years ago and I don't think I'd change anything. I think, I think there were three things that I've always held as a person and it was definitely curiosity, good and bad. I've, I've, I've discovered some amazing things and then I've discovered things that like, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore, but it's still, it's made me very well-rounded. So I think And I'm still curious in my business today. There's so many things we've explored. There's so many things we've tried and did they work? No, did some work? Yes. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, And then I think it's like understanding where your fear comes from as a person and like what's holding you back. Is it money? Is it fear? Is it mindset, circumstance? I think honing in on that is really important because I started with, I I didn't grow up with with any kind of privilege. So um, understanding my risk was really important. And especially as you get older, your risk becomes bigger. You have kids, you get married, you, you know, you have a, you have a cushy job or you're seven years into your career. 
So I think um, identifying those things are really important. And then also um, probably to be really persistent. I've, I've had a lot of people tell me no, and I've still done things, um, even with Apple, right? Like I think with my job at Apple, I, I was extremely underqualified. I think I went through 14 interviews before my last interview that got me my job. And I just refused to take, <laughs> take no as an answer. So I think those are my three things. Okay. Okay. So looking back, those would be the things that you would say, you're on the right path. These are the things that are going to be your aces in the hole. Like these are the things that are going to take you to the next level. <clears throat> sure. At least, at least mindset in business. I think every business has their own niche on what to do, but right. Like if you're starting any business, I would definitely have those three things in your pocket. Yeah. I love that. Um, what about you, you mentioned, um, going down paths and then, you know, be being curious and going down paths and having some things where it was like, nope, that's not going to work, or we are doing this and we don't like it and we don't want to keep doing it. Do you have a story around something that kind of like a course correction story of a path you went down? Cause you were curious, um, maybe a time when you were persistent and then decided not to be persistent in that particular area. Yeah, I think, um, I, I've explored a lot. I think maybe one of them, I think at the time it, it's hard when you, or when we're raised in a generation where you have so many options, you know? So like, especially with social media and like all these mini courses and you're like, God, everything sounds so cool. Like I want to try it all. So like, I looked at like the drop ship Amazon stuff at some point, I spent like $300 on a course to get like super into it didn't actually start anything, but I was like, okay, I have a really good understanding of Amazon and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I think I spent like two or three weeks, like really digging into it. Um, another thing was I'm, I love fitness. I love working out. I love nutrition, just general wellness. And, um, at some point I thought maybe this is something I could dig into, but then later on, I was like, you know what, this is something I enjoy doing for myself and I don't want to do this publicly. Um, right. so I think it's just, I think when you have a lot of options and you, you know, you want to, you, you know, you want to do something a little bit more fulfilling, it can get confusing. So I think those are two examples of me trying something and being like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Okay. What about down the road? Like in, you know, five to 10 years, where would you like to see yourself? What are some of those big goals um, or some visions you have for the future that are still yet to come? I think um, I haven't, I haven't taken the time to really focus on branding. Um, I've spent a lot of my twenties building in silence, which is a good thing in, in some sense, like you just are very focused. You don't have a lot of opinion. Um, I'm very intrinsically motivated, but uh, now that, you know, things have kind of, I've built the first layer of things. I'm like, well, you know, no one knows what I'm doing and I'd love to teach back and I'd love to, you know, jump on a podcast and, talk about what's been going on. So I think that's, that's one thing that I'm definitely going to get into. Um, and honestly, to continue the journey of business, it's, it's been every emotion under the sun to own a business that's in major growth mode. Um, and I would be lying to you if I told you that it's been peachy the entire time, <laughs> and, you know, it hasn't felt like, what am I doing, but I really enjoy it. And I, I see myself doing this many times. I just don't, I don't know in what yet, but I do love our business. And I, I, we, at least the next five years, next 10 years, we're going to be aggressively growing it. Nice. 
I like what you said about uh, it's kind of a two-edged sword with with growing up in an era when you can do anything and you can recreate yourself every couple of years and you can have a new career every couple of years and you can just keep, you know, switching gears and advancing. Whereas I think our parents um, and definitely grandparents, they usually did one thing for most of their adult lives as far as earning income goes. Um, So I think it's really cool. But I'm curious to know if you were doing something totally different right now and if you were to start a new business today because someone came in and gave you, you know, millions of dollars for TechVester, what would be your next step? What would be the next business you would want to build or just an, an example of something that you've thought about? Um, I don't know if I, I would think of a business immediately, but it would probably be some, something related to mentorship. Um, maybe kind of going through lessons or experiences I've had to date, whatever that date is, and um, maybe coaching others or, you know, kind of being more public about my, my, my past endeavors. I think that's, that's probably, that, that's what I have right now. As yeah. Name. Yes. I love that. I love that. That's what you, uh, like, I mean, I'm sure if you had a little extra time right now, you could have a few coaching clients who would be like, Sabrina, take me through the journey you've been on minus all the bumps and bruises and the wrong paths. Like I will pay you to tell me how to do these things. So I think that's really cool that you, you have a heart for um, mentorship because I see a lot of people with really successful businesses um, who I am like, Oh, so you're going to teach others how to do this. And they're kind of like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, Oh, I think it's like, it's so awesome when someone wants to give back and really wants to make an impact through teaching others. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah. I think um, the journey of entrepreneurship can be really lonely and um, I'd love to like help other people on their ride. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that's one thing I don't know about you, but when I look back, you were saying that you kind of grew in silence and you, you weren't out there necessarily on social media a lot. I was the opposite. I was putting everything out Um, even in the rockiest of times, I I wasn't sharing all the inner workings of the the mistakes and the frustrations, but I was very active on social media throughout. Um, But I also know that I wish I would have surrounded myself with like-minded entrepreneurs a lot sooner and made more of an effort to dedicate time in my calendar to getting around people that think like I do. Do you feel like that looking back on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, I still do. Um, and especially after COVID, you know, a lot of businesses are run online, right? Uh, it's yeah. it's not often that I meet an investor here in person. Um, and even like doing our houses, like remodeling them and flipping them and all that, we manage a lot of that remotely. So, you know, I live alone, I'm in Arizona. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I would have loved to kind of build with people or um, be closer to my team. Even um, right now, we're at, we're, I think we're at a team of 25 and we have offsites and I make as many trips as I can to be close to people, but I feel so much happier around them, like building together rather than being so siloed. So absolutely. I think that's, I think that's mutually felt across a lot of people. Definitely. And so um, kind of on the same note, then surrounding yourself with other people who are going to, you know, support the journey you're on and be part of the journey take us back to when you hired your first team member and then like what was that person doing in the business where you were kind of like I don't want to do this anymore I'm delegating that or like where did where did the hiring begin and kind of take us through the progression of how you built the team and what roles they were filling yeah so I in our business um I lead everything operational so 
property management, revenue management. Think of like, we buy a house, we get the keys. How do we put hot pink cheetah floaties in the swimming pool and add murals and like fun things? Like that's pretty much what my team focuses on. Um, so when I first needed help, I think I had like seven, seven or eight houses by myself that I was fixing at the same time. And I was really overwhelmed. And our first um, team member at the time, um, his name's Austin, he joined our team. And I, I just needed someone to be, to doing this, doing the same thing that I was doing so that I could focus on how to make it better, train someone at the same time, and then also get the projects done. So it was a very like overwhelming thing to to build especially if you're coming from a w2 background where you're like hyper independent and you know you make your own money you don't really need other people actually if anything you're influenced to compete against other people when you're in w2 <laughs> um so it was a very foreign concept for me to bring someone in and be like oh this is real hell like i'm being like i'm actually really grateful for this right now um and then also you know you have to uh, you have to also figure out like company culture. Like, do I want to exhaust this person or, you know, how do I, how do I make them feel like their role's fulfilling and I'm not just dumping whatever I don't want to do on them. Um, so I think those were all the thoughts that were going through my head at the time. And it probably took six months for me to really understand how I wanted to hire people. And I'm grateful that the people that joined within those six months were very patient with the company at the time. Um, but actually most people are still with us and they're happy. And I think that they're really impressed with our progress and our pivoting and us not just saying we're gonna make change and then not make change. I've worked in startups where everyone's like, yeah, we're gonna make change. And then we're kind of sp spinning wheels for, for months. So. So yeah, my first, my first hire, that, that was the journey with that. And I'll never forget it. And he's still, he's one of the most critical people in our team today. And he's grown out of like four or five different roles. Um, so very, very grateful for him. That is awesome. Wow. So you went from hiring your first employee, Austin is his name, to now having 25 on your team, like over what was that two years that it took to get up to 25 or? No, so 25 across the company. Um, okay. The, the crazy thing is it probably took eight months. So our growth oh, wow. was explosive. And um, I think on, on the operation side, maybe we have like 11 or 12 people, um, a couple of um, virtual assistants, which we're also really grateful for. And um, that took about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine months to build mm -hmm. um, but people are very stable now in their roles and they know what to expect and we have software now that we use that like helps track everything so right right so take me through a typical week in the life of you what what do you do in a typical week in your in your business and and what do you do for fun mixed in there too oh that's a great question um Business-wise, I think I'm always researching the coolest Airbnbs in the country and figuring out how the heck people do some really cool shit that we should either mirror or kind of bounce off of. Um, for example, we just launched a, a Barbie-themed house in Scottsdale, and it's like <laughs> bright pink cabinets, and we like hired a model to like jump on a floaty outside, and so we're we're actually we're doing a um, CBS 
like TV show just on that house. We, we were recognized for it recently. Um, so my role is focusing on like, how do I grow the, the company from a creative perspective? I think with Airbnb, it should never be dull. Um, how, how do I drive revenue? A lot of, a lot of our creative houses perform the highest in those markets. And then I'd say, I'd love to spend all my time on that, but most of my time is now managing and helping my team, um, you know, budgets, timeframes, you know, problem solving, um, and working to make sure that everyone feels fulfilled and happy in their space. Cool. Um, I worked solely in the investment industry for about six years before I started doing all this YYC Fempreneur stuff. So um, I have a little bit of familiarity with how, you know, investing works in the U.S. as compared to Canada. But um, how are you getting your new investors right now? Like, is it mostly word of mouth or where are you finding um, most of your investors are coming from? I think most of them come from referral. Um, and then also we do have um, some paid ad spend. Like, so we're on Instagram. Um, a lot of our team members are on LinkedIn. So I think it's a, a pretty even blend across the board. Cool. What is the Instagram account that is linked to your, to TechVester? I think it, it's just TechVester. So I don't have Instagram as an individual, oh, okay. but my business has one. It's run by our uh, marketing team. Okay. I was trying to find it and I wasn't, um, I'll, I'll, once we're done the interview, I'll get you to just make sure that I have the right link so that I can put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to leave fempreneurs with? I mean, a lot of our fempreneur listeners here on the podcast are in the earlier stages of their business or they are coming into that phase of their business where they're like, wow, I actually need to do some online marketing. <laughs> so what would you say to them? Like, what's the message you can leave with them? Um, I think be okay to pivot. I think when you're really early in business, there's a lot of things you can do, you could do, you should do. Um, and I think to create little sprints for yourself, be curious, explore those things. If they work great at it, if they don't work, get rid of it. I think we did a lot of that in our business and was it painful? Sure. Was it expensive? I consider, you know, learning experiences to, if anything, make you focus more focused and and then later on the road you, you end up making more money so um depends who's asking but i think okay. i think pivoting adapting staying focused um and then obviously i i love the stay curious because it's to me it, it just hits home yeah i love that and it sounds like your curiosity um causes you to do a lot of research and the research seems to be resulting in you kind of staying at the top of, uh, what's, what's new, what's upcoming, what's fun, what's, you know, yeah. I just think it's really awesome that you're, you're allowing time in your busy schedule for that curiosity and that research. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in the inner workings of the business and it doesn't leave a lot of time for creativity and research. So I think that's really cool that you have found uh, a balance there. And you're prioritizing your health. You look like you're really well. You don't look like one of those burnt out fempreneurs. I've seen a few of those. You definitely don't fit that bill. So congrats on, uh, on everything that you're doing and um, looking forward to watching what comes um, for you. And I'm really happy to hear that you're interested in mentoring other entrepreneurs. Um, everyone can check out uh, more about Sabrina at techfester.com. I am connected with you on LinkedIn now, and I loved reading through some of your LinkedIn posts. So definitely everyone should connect with Sabrina there. 
and links to her um, LinkedIn and Instagram will be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Sabrina. Thanks so much, Lindsay. All right, Fempreneurs. Lastly, if you are new to the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast and you're not following us on Instagram yet, head over to YYC Fempreneurs on Instagram. You're going to get lots of marketing inspiration. You're going to meet tons of Fempreneurs. Um, and if you want to be featured on the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast, go to yycfempreneurs.com slash podcast. Now I have a time sensitive offer for you. Um, I am launching something new and exciting in January, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. It's completely free to be part of it. It's actually called my waitlist, and that's where I'm gathering a group of women who agree with the statement I'm about to make. So if this is you, please click the link in the show notes. If you are a fempreneur who feels like technology is holding you back from doing a great job of your online marketing, whatever part of technology that is, whether it's lead generation, getting people from Instagram or Facebook over to your website or, or a landing page to join your email list, to do something, to build a free gift and offer it, all that technology stuff. If any of that is holding you back from growing your business the way you want to, I wanna help you overcome those hurdles. And I'm building something that is going to do that. The thing is, I want to make sure it's what you're looking for. So I want your help with building it. There is a link below this video. You can also just go to yycfempreneurs.com. And there's uh, four questions there, a questionnaire. And once you complete those, you'll be on the wait list. You're going to get a ton of value and free training leading up to when this exciting uh, thing launches in January. And I would just be so honored to have the opportunity to get to know you and serve you and make sure that you have what you need to grow your business the way you should be doing it. So thank you again, and I'll see you really soon over there on the wait list. Bye for now.